This is a HeadGum Original. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. And guess what? We are experiencing <laughs> Lord of the Rings for the first time. We, and this is the oh. 14th episode of this season. We have six more to go. And then I never have to think about <laughs> Lord of the Rings ever again in my life. And I cannot wait for the day. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. Unfortunately, you know, I, I think what this is making us realize is that we really like Star Wars, which is maybe yeah. one <laughs> yeah. I, the most surprising I things to come out of all of this. Love Star Wars. What a treat Star <laughs> Wars was. I got to say, I think I said it in another episode, Star Wars was goofy at times and I appreciated that. Lord of the Rings is just so serious and for me, not there's no tee-hee-heeing besides those little trolls in the river in the barrels. That made me tee-hee. There's very few and far in between tee-hee-hees. <sighs> <laughs> well, I'm excited for today because we are taking a break from the films for a moment to return to a highly requested topic, <laughs> which is fan fiction. Uh, now, if you're out there and you've never heard of fan fiction, it's stories written by fans featuring characters from a particular series. So we learned about it and read some crazy Star Wars fan fiction on a couple episodes last season. And we read our first Lord of the Rings fan fiction a few weeks ago. So you can listen to those episodes first for context if you want it. But this will be pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive into more Lord of the Rings fan fiction right now and read some more original writings. And I must warn you. Uh, this episode will be very explicit and there will be explicit <laughs> language. Although mine's not as explicit as it was last time. So I think uh, mine also isn't uh, because I I had a really like lofty goal with this and like uh, like a big premise that like, I don't know if it pays off and I don't know if I did it good. <laughs> See, last time I feel like I really learned that it doesn't have to be gross. Like I 
I feel like every time we've done this, our guests will be like, no, fan fiction can be like really sweet. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I still feel like there has to be dicks and stuff. And like, I, <laughs> I now I, this time I tried to change it a little bit, but it's still, it is still sexual, but mm-hmm. it's hard for me to stay away. Um, whatever. We'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> Let's introduce our guest. Now, our guest today is Molly Ostertag. Molly is an award-winning graphic novelist and writer known for her webcomic Strong Female Protagonist and her graphic novel series uh, The Witch Boy, The Hidden Witch, and The Midwinter Witch, and for her work on the horror comic book series Tales of the Night Watchmen. Welcome, Molly! (laughs) Hi, Hi, Molly! Hello! Thank you for having me. Thank We're you very excited you're here this. because you also said before we started that <laughs> you have an earnest, you know, energy to, regarding the Lord of the Rings stuff. And we <laughs> really need that. Yeah. yeah, I've gone on a like real deep dive this year of like letting myself become like a truly embarrassing Lord of the Rings fan. And so I'm I'm here. It like occupies about like. 50% of my waking thoughts, like, I'm, I'm here to just, I know it's really inconvenient. <laughs> I have not gotten worked on for so long. I Wait, know. how amazing. did you get into Lord of the Rings? Was it only this year or had you been a fan for years and it just came to a, a head, if you will say, uh, this year? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I grew up watching the movies. They came out when I was like nine or 10, which was a good age to like really fixate on them. And I also had no friends, so I was like, this will be my personality, fixating on Lord of the Rings. Um, and then I like got a little older and I was like, okay, maybe this is embarrassing. I have to step back from it. And then I just feel like this year I like left the concept of embarrassment behind in 2020. I'm not seeing people. I don't have coworkers right now. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go fully into like how much I love these, these hobbits and like their beautiful romance and like them saving the world. So that's great. Okay, just, you yeah. said romance. <laughs> yeah. What romance do you know about that I don't know about? The romance that I think is is truly in the story is between Sam and Frodo. And I know I listened okay. to like your first episodes with the movies. So like, I know that you picked up on it too, because you're a okay. person of taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I feel like we, we definitely saw it a bit, but wanted more to happen. Yeah. And wanted something to confirm it. And then at the <laughs> end when... Sam like marries that that uh, like, woman taller woman. And like I know <laughs> she's a lot taller than him. <laughs> it was disappointing. Yeah, I, well, very I, disappointing. I feel like like yeah, I mostly was a fan of the movies, and I always like I kind of shipped them a little bit when I was younger. But I was like, oh, it's like gay, and I'm like self conscious about that. And now I am like as an older gay adult, I'm like I see myself in these characters and in their relationship very much. Um, but this was the first year that I sat down and like really read the book and I wasn't expecting the book to be so much more romantic. Like there's, the movies are like low key about it and the book is like very, very tender. Um, so it it brought me a lot of joy to kind of like read it and be like, holy shit, this is like, this is happening. We are doing this. Um, we are having a beautiful romance. Well, is there a payoff in the books? Like, do they fuck? (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, no, I don't think anyone fucks in okay. Middle okay. Earth at all. Like, I don't okay. think that's a thing that people do, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> except in fan fiction. But they, yeah, they move after the quest, after they, like, save the world. Sam still marries Rosie, the taller woman, mm-hmm. but they move in with Frodo. Frodo's like, would you like to come live with me, Sam? And Sam is like, well, I technically said I would marry Rosie. And then Frodo's like, you can all come in. I have a big house. And so they live together for years. Eventually, Whoa. Frodo goes to elf heaven. Um, mm-hmm. And then Sam follows him eventually, and they like live together in Elf Heaven. It's really sweet. <laughs> Wait, and then does Rosie follow her husband to Elf Heaven, or she's like, "I'll stick down here." No, she stays. It's like he has a life with Rosie. They have like 
15 children or something. Ooh. And then I know it's like, oh, how that's, I don't know. I don't know what their anatomy is like. Do you but, think that they like pop out like little gremlins when they get wet? <laughs> I kind of think so. It's possibly a litter situation. Like it might be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 15 at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So he has like a full life with her. She like dies of old age and then he gets on a boat and is like, time to go see my boyfriends after I, 60 wow. years. It's really after sweet. 60 years? Yeah. That is very Wow. Romantic. Well, thank God they didn't do that in real time on in the movie. <laughs> they pretty much did. <laughs> I have been so mad. I was so listening to you guys talk about the movies. I had this like secondhand embarrassment where I was just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like They're so long and so hard to understand. They are very long. And I mean, mm-hmm. we've said that maybe a thousand times. So I'm sorry <laughs> to everyone that I just said it again. But but there were things that we've definitely found things to enjoy and like things that we found like funny or cool or whatever. Uh, it, it, I think it is just like the length really makes it hard for us to... Yeah get totally invested because we get lost and then we're just like, okay, I'm, I can't, I can't figure out what's going on. Even though we've read, you know, we've now heard these stories in like 10 different forms mm-hmm. and we're still like, oh, that's yeah. what happens. Did you guys watch <laughs> the, an- the animated films? Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Those are really wild. Those ones are yes. so strange. Mm-hmm. They really are. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful that's in the past. Me too. <laughs> Speaking of the past, Molly, this past September, you guested on another podcast called Lord of the Rings Minute where the host dedicated an entire 20-minute episode to discussing <laughs> Lord of the Rings films one minute at a time. You were on episodes wow. 206 to 210, meaning you spent mm-hmm. an hour and a half talking about five minutes of screen time. How difficult was it to stretch one minute of film time into a 20-minute analysis? You know, I I feel like we did it pretty well. I took it as an excuse to just like spiral off and talk about the things that I like, but we could kind of get into it. I mean, we could be... I feel like when you get really into the movies, when you like the actors and everything, we can be like, oh, is that Ian McKellen like running across the field? Or is that like a stunt double? Like you just get really Mm -hmm. into like these little nitpicky things that are not fun for anyone except for someone (laughs) who's like (laughs) slowly going insane in quarantine. (laughs) So wait, how many episodes did they do of that? Because I I mean, that that must have been one minute at a time. Yeah, I was on (laughs) it was like the ring destruction scene. So they had. I guess on the rest of the movies. I don't, wow. I don't know how they must've started 10 years ago. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's but it was kind of delightful to just like go through it really minutely. And I don't know. Are there any other like movies you could do that with or TV shows that you love really, enough? No, like the, this is really the one thing. And I've always, cause like I make, I make comics and I work in animation. So I try to like, ha- like say a little bit outside of fandom culture. And this mm-hmm. is the one thing that I'm just like absolutely feral for. Like I'm That's just interesting. going for it. Yeah. Why do you feel like you stay away from it? Like what, what are the reasons when you're in that world? I think it's, there's just like a weird intersection sometimes. Like I think if I was in a fandom for like a cartoon that was like adjacent to a cartoon that I'd written on, there would be like weird crossover t- between like fans and creators. But Lord mm. of the Rings, I'm just like, Tolkien is dead. He mm. does not, he's not going to see me tweeting like horny tweets about hobbits. That, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a big relief. So I can kind of just have fun without worrying too much about like running into sense. anybody. <laughs> Although Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen followed my Twitter and like, oh, was like asking me about like hot Legolas art. So I was, that was, that was exciting. That's exciting. That's nice. fine, yeah, yeah, that's very Exciting. I love Ian. I think he's, I, no, he's I'm amazing. a Gandhi gal. I think Gandhi's I love, so hot. Gandhi's really hot. You're right I about that. I think so. I feel yeah. like seeing, watching these movies, 
as a child. And then like, it's just like the, the people that I have crushes on in the movie, like has changed over the course of my life. But I feel like recently I'm like, yeah, Gandalf has, has a way about him. He does. He's, he's, he's very tall. He has like mm-hmm. very much like BDE. He's like mm-hmm, strong, mm-hmm. powerful, knows what he wants. You know, he's wise. a little bit vulnerable. He's a little bit grumpy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he's my three dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good communicator. Mm-hmm. Usually. <laughs> I think my headcanon for him is that he has fucked like most of the like ancient creatures in Middle Earth. Like I think he and the Balrog, that's like the, the fire. Oh my demon, god. Absolutely yeah. access. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love to picture it. Um, Nicole, is there any like sort of movie or show that you feel like you could talk about for a minute at a time and be deeply invested? Yeah, 90 Day Fiance. Uh <laughs> One of the spinoffs, the family Chantel, there is a scene where Chantel's mother brings a crock pot to Bangkok. Or I think it's Bangkok. No. Where are they? Oh, a thriller in Manila. They're in Manila. So she brings a crock pot and says she's going to bring it to restaurants and ask them to hook it up if they don't have anything for her to eat. I could talk about that for hours. Oh, my God. That is so funny. It's so funny. There's a lot to get into there. <laughs> I don't watch Family Chantel because they oh, make me you so gotta. mad. Oh, you'll Ugh. get livid watching this. It is so funny. Lauren, what about you? I don't know. Maybe Real Housewives. I, I just started watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and it's beautiful. Fucking amazing. It's, it's perfect. Incredible. Like, they're incredible. Every single person is insane in some way. One woman is married to her step grandpa. <laughs> I lost my shit. That was so, so, okay, Molly. I'm I trying don't, to. I know, I don't Molly's doing the math on that. I'm like drawing so, family trees in my head. Her grandmother was married to a man that was not her grandpa. So that's her step-grandpa. Okay. And in her will, she said that she wanted one of her girls to take care of him. She steps up and says, I'll do it. She's also a minister. Also, she has the most expensive clothes, but doesn't know how to accessorize them oh or wear God. them. Oh, my she, God. And then she gets mad at Jen or no, she says Jen smells like a hospital, even though Jen had just come from the hospital where her aunt had her legs amputated. And she's like, I mean, the legs aren't there. These women are nuts. I love She's them. like, I have an aversion to the smell of rotting human flesh or whatever. It's like, yeah, <laughs> most people like everyone does. Wait, this is okay. This is Real Housewives. Yeah, so this is like yeah. a brand okay. new. This is a brand, brand new spinoff. You can get in at the ground floor. Oh my god, it's funny. I've been Bachelorette has been. I've been <gasps> losing my shit. This, oh my god, I don't. Crazy. I'm not only Lord of the Rings. Like I also like. I respect that. Um, Bachelorette's <laughs> insane this season. We just I know. we just got Taisha. I'm very happy about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Taisha might be the best Bachelorette ever. Mm-hmm. She's very real and like knows what she wants and is coming into it as like the second fiddle. So I think it's kind of good. Like she's, she's very direct and I hope every, I haven't watched like uh, the last two episodes. I hope everyone's nice to her. I can tell that these boys are all kind of traumatized. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm worried for them. Yeah. 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 They're it's very (laughs) pathetic how, uh, how like ruined they were by. I've just never seen. It's like, she like had 20 men like whipped in a week. I know that's, I don't understand. She had entered into a like toxic relationship with 20 men so quickly. It's true. Broke all of their hearts. (laughs) The scene where she came out and she was like, I've just broken up with all the guys. (laughs) It's so stupid. I love it so much. (laughs) 
Uh, and apparently she's still with Dale. I follow a gossip uh, site that says that they that people have seen him on dates with other women. But then Dale and Claire both are using their Instagrams very effectively to make it seem like they are together. Okay. And it's real. Now, I am I sort of think it's a contractual obligation and that by the end of the season, it'll fall apart. We I have see. a theory that she is like a criminal. And Dale is an FBI agent who has like studied her precisely and maybe has like a pheromone spray or something that like, like he just is cheating in some way. He is like a grown in the lab. Yes. Something like, does seem, something's off. Something's off. I love yeah. this idea. That would be an amazing yeah. movie where this guy's like come in to like figure it out and take advantage of her and like yeah, get her like, and then. Gotta get close to her yeah. to find out the state secrets. Yeah. Uh, okay, That's well, it. back to Lord of the Rings, even though I really <laughs> loved that um, <laughs> tangent. But you co-create your webcomic Strong Female Protagonist with Brennan Lee Mulligan, who we plan to have on with us in a few weeks. And oh, so nice. oh, as Middle Earth enthusiasts, has the common love of Lord of the Rings that you and Brennan share played any role in creating your series together? Or is that just like a side interest? That's a good question. And it's sort of a project that's on hold. We haven't, we haven't updated it for a couple of years, but we, we've made two books together. Um, I think it is just like, I think what Lord of the Rings does in nerd spaces is that it's this very like common world that we can all come into together. So Brennan and I, we actually met, this is embarrassing. We met cause we went to a uh, live action role-playing summer camp. Nice. So we were like, like fully like in the fantasy world, um, like LARPing and wearing Was costumes. this as adults? Yeah. No, it was as teenagers. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was um, open for either option. But. Me too. I, mean, I was like, yeah. as an adult, I, maybe I'll do it. That might be fun. <laughs> it seems it seems kind of fun. I think it would be fun to go back to you. I Quick feel like the more... Yeah. About LARPing. So, <laughs> like, it's live action role play. So, mm -hmm. like, do you arrive at LARP camp as your character and then you are your character until your parents pick you up? <laughs> I, that is, no, that's not how we did it. I feel like there's different camps, different vibes. We would like show up and like, you like bond with everyone as, as your real selves. And then you have like a night where everyone gets into character and you like put on your costume, you tape on your little elf ears and you just like go for it. Oh, that's cute. Um, you were yeah. an elf? Sometimes. It was different. Oh, you, were, you like, could be different, different people. Yeah. Yeah. It, like every week it was like a different story. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I know. I was always angling to wear the elf ears, though. So, I was just so then, like, cool. <laughs> was there like sort of underlying drama within the LARPing about like real stuff that was going on between you oh and the people at camp? God, yeah, Absol <laughs> yeah, absolutely, definitely. Like, like I definitely had at least one experience of like my high school ex and I are both like we like just broke up and now we're playing like warriors who are fighting each other and I'm just really getting into how angry <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it That's was like it good was a therapy. I was just about drama. to say, this is like therapeutic and I like mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it was a good thing for a bunch of dramatic teens to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Molly, as an author, what are your thoughts on the world of fan fiction? Like, what's your favorite sub-genre? Mm, yeah, so I've never read a ton of fan fiction before this year. Um, when I just started getting really into it. Um, I love it. I mean, I love it as an author. I think it's so fun that people like go into these stories and make their own worlds. And I also, with stuff like Lord of the Rings, there's like this element of like telling these like queer and gay stories that like we never get those stories. Like we do not have an epic fantasy movie trilogy that is, actually has a gay romance at the heart of it that's explicit. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, the fan fiction allows us to kind of write ourselves into the world um, in a way that I think is, is really cool. Um, so I, I find it, I find it definitely the ones that I read are very like narrative focused and very much just about like, like 
they feel like they're in the the genre of the movie or the book and they really just like like are telling the story of these characters except they're also queer in some way um so that's That's cool I think I think it's cool I think it's kind of transformative and fun yeah, I feel like like we came into this not knowing at all what fan fiction was. Yeah. And we both thought it was just erotica. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's a lot of erotica. There is a yeah. lot of it. <laughs> and then our friend Madeline Walter wrote like a devastating piece about this like woman in Tatooine like who's in the first 2 seconds of Star Wars and I was mm-hmm. like this is the most beautiful take and I, I cannot bring myself to do it I I truly like will sit down I'm like I only can write goofy dumb shit I same. can't <laughs> same I don't know how to be vulnerable and write that's, fan fiction that's fair I mine is very vulnerable it's like definitely like one of as someone who's written a lot of work that's published this is possibly like my most personal piece and I'm like it's about fucking Frodo and Sam oh my god I'm so oh excited my god, I truly can't wait to to hear it Oh, like, well, it's really, I mean, okay. I'll, I'm, I'll maybe read you a section. It's very long. It's the length of a book. This has been, this oh. is what I did this summer. I like wow. wrote a book that was Lord of the Rings. But okay, that's dating. very <laughs> impressive. Wild. I love that. Uh, I don't know. It's 2020. It's just a weird year. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> there are no rules. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. But I, yeah, the first, I like, when I was a kid and I was really into Lord of the Rings, I read all of the Tolkien and everything. And then I was like, I'm I'm 12. I'm going to go online and just search like Lord of the Rings stories to find more stuff to read. And I found a website that was like a treasure trove of stories. And I was so excited. And I didn't know about fan fiction. So I assumed mm-hmm. that they all were written by Tolkien. Oh. And the first one I clicked on was this like extremely X-rated like dwarf elf <laughs> orgy. Like, oh, no. <laughs> like just things that I did not know about as a 12 year old. There was like a be- dwarf beards being used in a way that I don't think is sanitary. Like it was oh, really no. a lot. <laughs> and so I sort of like didn't read fan fiction for a long time after that. So I was like, this is oh, a bit no. much for me. It's so crazy how like as a kid, if you see or read something like that, you never forget. Like I feel like I just have these things burn into my brain that I wasn't supposed to see. And now I'm like... I'll just never be able to erase that. <laughs> I know. I, feel, I remember like specific lines from this fanfiction. I'm like Gimli and Legolas going at it and just slowly reading it and being like, I don't think that J.R. Tolkien wrote this. <laughs> that's very cute. I think this is someone else. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. truly so funny to think about a kid being like, I don't know. I don't, the other I don't books think were like he this. wrote this. <laughs> oh, he wrote it. It's like the word choice is just weird. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, well, shall we jump into our Shirewire? Hell yeah, dude. This is our news segment. Now, next U.S. military spy satellite launch has inexplicable Lord of the Rings theme. Okay, so a United Launch Alliance Atlas V or 5 rocket, I don't know if it's V, is set to send a National Reconnaissance Office spy satellite into orbit from Florida's Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. Though information about NRO launches is always a little scarce for obvious reasons, this one looks to be relatively routine, except for the baffling mission artwork that includes a phrase in Elvish. You just said a bunch of words together. I really did say a lot of words. But so I I guess just to sum it up, I think a (laughs) rocket's going into space and they Mm -hmm. put a picture of it and then behind it is Elvish. And it says goodness persists, but then it's also written in Elvish. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. And a United Launch Alliance spokesperson said the artwork and theme came from NRO, which declined to explain the reference to Middle Earth. Maybe this uh, fucking oh, spy satellite's going to Middle Earth. Oh well, that, well, that would be that interesting would be... if it was in space this whole time. So <laughs> exciting. That would be a big twist. <laughs> 
So it's not unusual for NRO to pick a quotable phrase and theme for its mission posters. Usually they involve some phrase in Latin and some sort of mythic character like a Pegasus or Thor, but we'll likely never know the details about this bewildering theme, just as we'll probably never know the specs of the satellite being launched. Well, I find that very interesting and weird. I had no idea that they would use themes like that on a rocket. Like, why? It's just for fun? It's a spy satellite? (laughs) Uh, it's a, it's just a, yeah, a spy satellite. I hate that. Yeah. I kind of hate that too. I think it's creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like why does the government want to know like what I'm doing? I lead a, like a rather normal, boring life. Why are we being spied upon? (laughs) I don't know. It's like, I don't trust anything to not be spying on me, but I've kind of just accepted that. Yeah. Like our computers, our phones. It's truly insane that we're like, Okay. Yeah. If you post everything on Twitter or Instagram, you are doing the work for them. So it's yeah. like, fine. I'm like, Aww. you can't spy on me. I'm already sharing. You already know everything there is to now. <laughs> oh, oh, that's such a go. Okay. I thought I was th- taking it the opposite way. Like I'm making it so easy for them that I'm the problem. But no, I like it. How? Yeah. I like how you yeah. said it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I'm making it easy. So like, leave me the fuck alone. And I'm yeah. showing you everything <laughs> that's going away. on. I do a podcast about Lord of the Rings. You don't have to spy on me. <laughs> you know this. There's no surprises here. <laughs> Should we take a quick little break? Let's do it. Remember in 2018 when border control separated thousands of refugee kids from their parents and deported the parents back to their home countries while keeping the kids in the United States? Well, believe it or not, six years later, there are hundreds of families who still have not been reunified. Although we as a community may feel hopeless at times, I recently learned about an organization called Al Otro Lado, which works to reunify families. They provide holistic, legal, and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the U.S. and Tijuana through a multidisciplinary, client-centered, harm reduction-based practice. Since 2018, they've reunified over 100 refugee families ripped apart by Trump's zero-tolerance policy. Once reunited, Al Otrolado helps each family to find legal representation, housing, and counseling that they need in order to heal and get on their feet. Imagine having your child ripped from your arms and never knowing when you'd see them again. We can't let family separations go on. If you're like me and believe that families belong together, join me in supporting Al Otrolado and donate today. You can find the link to donate to Al Otrolado in the description of this episode or go to gum.fm slash charity to donate today. You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website at alotrolado.org slash volunteer. Altrolado.org slash volunteer. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. 
Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. My social battery right now, where would I put it? Ooh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking to connect with friends. I'm also looking to retreat a little bit and be by myself. It's hard to know exactly what you need at any given time. And it can be so easy to ignore our social battery and spread ourselves too thin, especially with social gatherings picking up so much. After the winter, the spring is here. Well, what's the right amount of socializing for you and how do you recharge? Maybe you thrive around people. Maybe you need more alone time. Therapy can give you the self-awareness to build a social life that doesn't drain your battery. I started therapy when I was about 30 and it was so, so helpful for me for learning about myself, learning about boundaries, learning about my relationships with other people and how to deal with other people. There's so many things you can benefit from therapy. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash newcomers today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash newcomers. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by AuraFrames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an AuraFrame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these AuraFrames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an AuraFrame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ooh, ooh, we're back. Um, so let's get into this fan fiction. Okay, so we have some stories uh, from the internet, that, and they will all be linked in the episode description if you want to read along, if you're a visual listener, learner, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And we also wrote our own, as we've said. So we'll take turns reading a little bit of this um, fan fiction. What do you say? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, let's do it. So this first one is 
The Very Secret Diary of Gandalf the Grey by Cassandra Clare. This <laughs> the Very is... Secret Diary is really cute. <laughs> <laughs> he like writes in it and he's like, nobody can see it. Uh, but this fiction, this fic is taken from a series by Cassandra Clare known as The Very Secret Diaries, which chronicles the diary entries of various Lord of the Rings characters. This one's Gandhi's Diary. So here it is. Day one in Shire. Stunning vista of innocent and pastoral beauty. Is it me or was Frodo just hanging around in that field masturbating before I came along? Oh, my God. I did not think that was going to happen. I truly was like, this one's cute. It's like diary yeah. entries and masturbating happens just so instantly. Quickly. So quickly. Second sentence. And I love how short these diary entries are. Okay, so day two, it's Bill Bilbo's birthday party. Improved by substantial amounts of hobbit weed. Everyone, show nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bilbo, nice too. Lights, show pretty. <laughs> what? <laughs> Frodo, not bad either. Hobbits, uh, show cuddly. <laughs> fell over. I don't know what that Whoops, means. fell over? <laughs> oh, whoops. Or yeah, whoops, fell over. Uh, day three, <laughs> massive fucking hangover. Off to Mina's Thrife for some aspirin. <laughs> Day 12. Went to Sauron for advice about Ring, but he had become evil. Nobody tells me anything. Apparently there was a memo. A rata, Radagast, Rastafari in the brown, probably stealing paper out of my inbox again. Day 13. Stuck on top of tower. Great view, but constantly pelting sleep. Not good for pointy hat. Am amused self by spitting gum down on orcs. Day 14. Visit again by Sauron, who tried to grab a feel. As if. Oh, my God. Day 16. Uh, am lonely. Saruman may be not so unattractive after all. If, uh, if only were not for giantly flaring nostrils and huge claw-like fingernails. Okay, you'd think I might have figured out he was evil before. Day 19. Escaped. I'm in Riverdale. Uh, Sam slightly out of control keeps giving Frodo baths <laughs> elves all out of strawberry scented soap now Elrond Hubbard's getting annoyed Elrond Hubbard has decided to send Frodo away as is tired of never being able to get into the first floor bathroom big Foldero about ring have agreed to go with fellowship in case Sam might decide to give me a bath could use one this is long uh, day 20 Elrond Hubbard has decided to send Frodo away oh wait no I said that day 21 Aragorn is obviously <laughs> into Frodo Sam will kill him if he tries anything ask Sam to give me a bath he said haha Mr. Gandalf you're not serious useless git <laughs> day 23 V cold on top of Kataratas Aragorn won fight about who got to carry Frodo up the mountain Bromir sulking if Legolas keeps dancing about on top of the snow, I might have to hit him with my staff. Day 25, I don't want to go through the minds of Moria uh, as suspect Balrog is still angry about the bad date he went on back in the Second Age. Day 26, in minds of Mor Mora, yep, Balrog's still angry. Day 27, fell into shadow. Balrog's such a prat. Had to do some quite unspeakable things before he would let me leave the caverns. He uh, decided to not to tell the rest of the fellowship. We'll make up story about having engaged in huge battle instead. Off to see Elrond. 
to get quite unpleasant third degree burns in embarrassing places treated. Hope Elrond does not laugh at me. If he does, we'll tell everyone about his dirty weekend with Sauron. Ha! Wow. <laughs> yeah. It took us through a full month. Truly. And it was written in like a weird shorthand. <laughs> I feel like I've seen inside Gandalf's minds. This is Yeah, this really <laughs> gave me a lot of insight into what he's yeah. thinking. <laughs> it's like a beautiful character study. <laughs> I told you, they're exes. He definitely fucked the Balrog. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. And did again. Lauren, do you want to read yours? Okay, yes. Okay. This is called The Mysterious Doors by Lauren Lapkus. Snow falls around a beautiful, frosty, frozen, cold ice castle in Middle Earth. It looks like it's made of glass or ice. It looks cold. One of the the eagles flies past it and tosses something into one of the highest windows. Ah! It's Pee-Pee, a small, stupid hobbit. Not quite the soft landing I was hoping for, he complains as he rubs his head. Little birds fly around his head as a lump rises out of it. He he shoes the birds away with way more energy and force than is required and falls over again from his own dramatic movements. He looks around and sees he is in the tower at the top of the castle. There are two closed doors behind him. Wonder what's behind these doors, he says aloud to nobody. He walks up to the first door and knocks three times. The door creaks open slowly to reveal a glittery purple room with a velvety king-sized bed off to one side. A stripper pole divides the space. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on in here? He manages to choke out into the jasmine-scented air. (laughs) Suddenly, music music comes blaring from some hidden speakers. It's a remix of Leonard Nimoy's song about Bilbo Baggins entitled Wet Ass Baggins. (laughs) (laughs) A disco ball comes down from the ceiling and throws shimmering light onto every surface. Just then, a stunning elf that looks just like Nicole Byer, but with pointy ears, <laughs> slides down the pole. Pee gasps. Nicolo, bye-bye, is that you? <laughs> the music gets louder and Nicolo, bye-bye, does a few very impressive moves on the pole. Then she stands right next to the pole and leans against it. Pee-Pee thinks the show is over and he is about to clap when Nicola Bye-Bye puts her arm out to the side and snaps her fingers. A stringy-haired nude golem slides down the pole onto her arm. <laughs> they kiss long and hard. Oh. It's part of the performance and Nicola Bye-Bye is relieved when the song and kiss both end. She, <laughs> she flings him from her arm onto her luxurious bed. Get in your crate, she commands. He crawls <laughs> off the bed and into a small box in the corner. Nicola bye-bye finally acknowledges pee-pee. What? She asks him point blank. Oh, nothing. I just dropped off. I just got dropped off here and got curious about what was behind this door. Like what you see? Nicola bye-bye asks. Yes, yes, I do. Very much, pee-pee stammers. Well, then you'll like what's behind door number two as well. Now get the fuck out of here. She pushes pee-pee out of her chambers (laughs) and closes the door. Back in the harsh light of day, Pee-Pee struggles to open his eyes. He is exhausted from that exciting encounter, but decides he must know what is behind door number two. He knocks three times. <laughs> this is where it gets weird, if you can believe it. Okay. <laughs> this, this, this is where it gets This weird. is where. Okay. The door creaks open. The room has a magical light to it, beckoning Pee-Pee to come in. He looks around and sees that one wall has 100 small doors built into it. <laughs> Pee-Pee tentatively walks up to the wall of doors and opens one of them. 
He puts his eye up to the door hole and sees fellow hobbits, Nikki Waigigi and Mitchy Mooch kissing playfully. <laughs> Nikki Waigigi and Mitchy Mooch. <laughs> and throwing leaves at each other. He quickly slams the door shut and opens another. It is, it is, oh, in it is one scene from the biopic Tolkien. Phoebe <laughs> watches for one minute, then becomes suicidal, so he slams the door shut. He opens the next door and watches the entire animated Hobbit film. Wow, I've heard a lot of good things about this, but it's actually really boring, he says when it's over. <laughs> He's about to open the next door, but thinks better of it and rushes back to the first door. He whips it open and sees Nikki Waigigi and Mitchie Mooch reading love letters to each other on a picnic blanket <laughs> in an area that looks like the Teletubbies grassy knoll. <laughs> Pee-pee stares <laughs> longingly at them, and so does the baby in the sun. Nikki Waigigi... <laughs> Nikki Waigigi and Mitchie Mooch feel someone staring at them and they turn to look at Pee-pee. Sup, you want in? Pee looks from left to right behind him to see if anyone is looking. Yeah, he says as he starts to climb in. He's halfway through the door before Nicola Bye-Bye walks in. Has anyone seen my Gandhi peen? Hey, you better not go in there. That will change the balance of everything. <laughs> but it's too late. The room starts to shake as Pee falls into the other Middle Earth dimension. Nicola Bye-Bye struggles to catch her balance as the earth shifts beneath her. The ice tower falls to the ground and the earth cracks open. The castle breaks into a million pieces as Nicola Bye-Bye falls into the hole. Ah! She screams as she flails her arms and legs all around. Just when it starts to seem like all hope is lost, Nicola Bye-Bye falls into the warm, loving embrace of Gandhi's giant arms. He cradles her like a baby. Let's get you into something more comfortable, he whispers into her ear. They kiss and turn out to the camera and a cartoon heart forms around their heads. The end. <laughs> Wow. I love it. Also, I love that Weiger and Mitch were in it, and I'm yeah. wearing a Doughboys fucking t-shirt right now. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Molly, it's just a reference to one of our friends. I don't know if you know about the Doughboys, but <laughs> I had to fun. throw them in there because, I you know. I love it. Were they the, <laughs> hobbit, the hobbits making out? Yeah, I wanted some, something horny to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you feel about being, being written about in such a way? I... <laughs> really loved it it touched yeah. my heart i love that in middle earth i'm like confident and can slide down a pole and have a whole thing with the column and then i suffer through <laughs> it was so funny you didn't have to write that but you did i love it i it's funny because I wrote something a little bit for you. Oh my God, that's great. See, well, last time we were talking about fan fiction, we someone mentioned that we could you could that people put themselves in it. And we hadn't mm -hmm. we I think you had a little bit with your previous one. Yes. But we hadn't really thought about that before that. And then this time I was like, oh, that's fun. That makes yeah. it more exciting in my mm -hmm. mind. Well, I like I like that you guys did each other. That's very That's cute. very like, fun. Instead of doing a self-insert, you're like, here's yeah. a little present. Mm -hmm. You get to be held by Gandalf. Yeah, I wanted you to have what you wanted. <laughs> I just, I love Gandhi. It's funny that, like, when I was writing the fan fiction, it never occurred to me to write about Gandalf. Maybe it's because I hold him so, so high in my brain. Yeah. I really love yeah. Gandhi. It would be too vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. You can't show that side of your heart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's deep. Should we read uh, Tears Like Rain from the Melon Chronicles? Yes. Molly, do you want to read this one? Sure. Okay. All right. Tears Like Rain from the Melon Chronicles. This is an excerpt from the first installment of the Melon Chronicles series, a widely known fanfic throughout the fandom. For fans of Aragorn, Legolas, friendship stories, these are basically considered classics and often are stories in the fanfic genre of hurt comfort, usually oh. with either Legolas or Aragorn being tortured and the oh. other coming to their friend's aid. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Mirkwood has suffered. There's, there's a lot. Okay. 
This you can like, totally jump around, by the yeah. way. Okay. This is like, this is long. Mirkwood has suffered tragic losses in the last great alliance, including her king, with the very survival of the kingdom at stake. Thranduil finds himself at deadly odds with his older brother, Doraflin. When young Legolas becomes a pawn in his abusive uncle's ruthless power games, the lies, deception, and betrayal risk destroying more than just the young prince's life. This is so intense. Wow. <laughs> okay. But I'm, see, you're gonna be the you're gonna be pronouncing names right, and we're gonna be so impressed. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know who Doraflin is. That's a, this is a new character for me. Okay. Well, Thranduil Thranduil was impressive. That that's Lee Pace in the Hobbit movies. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Doraflin quietly insinuated into almost all aspects of Legolas's life after that. He was careful, however, to avoid letting his actions be noticed by the boy's father or mother. This is so creepy already. <laughs> Randall was not so hard to avoid. Elvowen, on the other hand, could be quite a nuisance to his plans, sometimes simply because she spent far too much time with the child for his liking. Still, Doraflan had the capacity of being supremely patient when it suited his purposes. Legolas had to trust him first. Then the true molding could begin. Is this, like, incesty? See, I get scared when they get like that. I know. We had one once where we were like, let's cut this out. It was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is it? I mean, I'm wait, who's incesty? I'm so, wait. Well, is... it's, just, it's just his uncle talking about like molding. Okay, I'll, oh, I'll, give, okay. It, I'll give it another we'll shot. We'll see, okay. we'll see. Maybe it's just okay. a weird word choice. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost two weeks later that Legolas first began to see a possible darker side to his new training. Legolas's tutor had left him about an hour before and the young prince was stewing in his rooms. Today hadn't gone too well. His instructor, Lord Dridian, informed him he was not paying enough attention to his studies and said that he was going to talk to his father. The door opened and Legolas half expected it to be his father, but it was not. It was his uncle. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dorflin had met Dridian in the hall when he tried to see the king. His brother was busy, he said, but if it concerned Legolas, he would take the message to him later. Thranduil would never get the message. Uh Uh-oh. The elder elf walked across the room, running his fingers across the pile of scrolls and haphazardly stacked books that Legolas had shoved to one side of his table in frustration. Your father is not pleased with Lord Drudian's report of you, Legolas. Legolas looked down. He hadn't suspected he would be. I'm sorry, Vede. And there's a note. Vede means uncle. (laughs) I don't mean to vex him so much. It's just all the names and dates and facts. They're so hard to remember sometimes. I know that's no excuse, though, he added quickly. Doraflin nodded slowly, gesturing for Legolas to come to him. The prince did. I told your father I would help make sure your marks improved, and he agreed. So, Doraflin picked up one of the scrolls near the top. Is this the one Dridian was using today? Legolas nodded. I've been going over it again since he left. I will do better next time. This is what this is wild. This is just like he's just quizzing Legolas on like. <laughs> you also might have to go on for like 10 billion more pages, so um <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to find like the juicy part of this. I know. When does it get good? Hold on. I'm scanning myself. Okay. Oh, okay. They start, (laughs) they start having a physical fight um, on the next page. Okay. 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 I'm okay. We're going to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. I think that's fair. uh, To his credit, Legolas really had done a comparable job of memorizing the information, but inevitably he eventually fumbled on a question and got the answer wrong. Legolas started and yelped slightly in total surprise when his uncle slapped him firmly across the face with an open hand. (laughs) Doraflin liked the startled, pained look in the younger elf's eyes. He was sure his brother was far too lax with the child for Legolas to understand physical punishment. Oh my god. So he reversed his (laughs) (laughs) sword. Oh no! (sighs) 
backhanding his nephew the other direction. This is so crazy. It's not incest, but they do beat each they other. They're beating the <laughs> shit out of his child. It's child abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different. Okay. Gladwell's backed up a few paces, utterly shocked and confused. Both his cheeks were flushed and hot, and he pressed the back of his right hand against one, looking to his uncle with wide, questioning eyes. Dorflin's face was impassively neutral. He acted as if nothing unusual had happened. That was the wrong answer. Try again. Hmm. Legolas wasn't sure he wanted to, but he collected his thoughts and tried to figure out which part he had erred on. He spotted it without much difficulty and corrected himself, looking hesitantly to his uncle to see if he was right this time. Dorflin smiled and nodded. That's correct. He moved on again, posing another question and another, until the prince missed one again. Legolas didn't make a sound this time, but he still started sharply when his uncle struck him. He unconsciously pulled away a step, although it did no good because Doraflynn just followed him. Oh no. This is horrible. He tried to correct himself again, but it was a question he was a little uncertain about, and it took him several tries to get it right. Doraflynn struck him for each wrong answer. Where's Aragorn in this? (laughs) (laughs) And the prince's eyes glistened with a dangerous amount of moisture by the time he finally got to the right one. Legolas's breath came quick and fast, wobbling slightly. All right, enough study for today. Dorflin abruptly ended their session, rolling up the scroll and setting it aside. We'll do more later. I don't think you're prepared enough right now. He brushed Legolas's flushed cheek with one hand, his thumb skimming under the prince's eye and catching the unspilt tear. Tears are for children, Legolas. You're an adult now. Please act like one when we're together. The reprimand was not exactly biting, but it was close. This is, I don't... This is weird, you guys. It is super weird. It is all I'm thinking is I want to see who wrote it and I want to see them writing it. This is I (laughs) I just I want I need more info. Okay. Here's his here's his justification. Dorifun smiled somewhat condescendingly. Legolas, Legolas, you have so much growing up to do. Don't take it personally. I am here for a purpose to help you learn better. Pain is a teacher. It molds us, shapes us, hardens us to face the future. Yikes! (laughs) <laughs> kids <laughs> don't listen when you first took up a bow you hurt afterwards did you not legolas nodded slowly yes that was true he often ached after practice and if they weren't careful when sparring the boys could hurt each other or themselves pretty badly he understood the concept that if it hurt you wouldn't make that mistake again he supposed he had better stop being such a big baby about this oh <sighs> it's never okay if someone <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. yeah clear we don't condone any of this <laughs> Never shy from pain, especially the pain I give you. Dorflin nodded approvingly when he saw the boy rationalizing it all in his mind. Legolas was so eager to please, and that made him supremely pliable. It is for instruction and for your own good. Do you understand that, nephew? Legolas nodded. Yes, Vede. I'm sorry. I will do better. Wow. That's it. That's okay. The wow. That was wow. heavy. And I know. So this this is categorized as hurt comfort because that's like it just feels like hurt slash hurt. I, well, I feel like this is a section and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like the genre of hurt comfort for fan fiction is it's it's just it's like men getting injured and then other men like tenderly caring for oh, them. So I assume mm-hmm. at some point Aragorn is going to come in and be like, your uncle was abusive. Let me heal your wounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> OK, so, yeah, our producer. Oh, we're getting something in the chat. Yeah. This is a tiny snippet of the first installment. So that Tiny. Really goes on. Goes long. No, because he sent it to 
me and he was like, are you familiar with this? And I wasn't, I wasn't. And I looked it up and it was one and a half million words long. And I was like, what? <laughs> Whoa, <No>. that's <laughs> wild. Okay. So this is barely getting into the hurt section apparently. And then we'll, yeah, it goes on yeah. forever. We're going to get a lot of hurt. I bet we'll get a lot of comfort later. It'll probably go back and forth between hurt and comfort. Wow. Like wow. I feel like so normal for, I just want to read about hobbits like tenderly holding each other. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I just want them to be happy. <laughs> I'm not into the whole hurt thing. I think it's a little, I don't know. It feels, <laughs> it feels it. like it's coming from a place of personal pain. Yes. And I think that's the part sad. that's worrisome. Yeah. There's something so interesting about fan fiction and how it's like so, so overwhelmingly about male characters. And it's this thing of like wanting to see men cry, I think, and like be tender and like mm. express these feelings. Like, I think you can write a million like gender studies papers about fan fiction and how strange it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. It feels like a whole different part of the internet that I just like, I, I truly <laughs> go between like Twitter and Instagram over and over again when I could be diving on weird websites like this and finding like bizarre <laughs> hurt comfort stories that I could. It's, you know, it's like, it's just, out it's with. out there to like scratch a specific itch <laughs> for people. And it's, <laughs> it's like, it's always, it's, if nothing else, it's very interesting to just be like someone, this is someone's takeaway was that they needed, yeah. they needed to write this. And yeah. I understand it. I needed to write about Sam and Frodo kissing for the length of two, <laughs> yeah. two novels. Like I needed to do it. I, I couldn't sleep that. until I did it. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's pretty, I think that's normal. So that is normal. Thank you. I think it's more normal. I'm into that. <laughs> um, okay. So. Well, Nicole, do you want to read yours? <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so this one doesn't have a name. I just titled it Lord of the Rings Fanfic. So that's here we creative. Go. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> okay, so precious, precious. Oh. I muttered to myself as I scampered through the hills and valleys of Middle Earth. I may be in Riv- Rivendell or Mordor. Who knows? I sure don't. All, all I know is I don't have my precious. I come across a river flowing so freely and beautiful. There's also a nice tree there. I climb the tree in a nasty way. Limbs flailing as if I wasn't used to my weird little monster body. A wisp of my hair gets caught in the tree limbs. Trunks, branches. Yes, that's what they're called. I didn't... It's just free flowing, no stopping. Yeah, I wrote it free flowing and I I didn't edit it. Um, I lay on a branch and take a deep breath and sing, my precious, my precious, all I want in life is my precious ring. La, 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 my precious ring. Uh, Finally, at sunset, I get out of my tree and go looking for what I want, which is my precious ring. (laughs) I dip in and out of villages looking for my ring. I get to Mirkwood and I look at all the elves go about their elfish business. My eye catches a very blonde one who goes by the name of Orlando Bloom and is kissing a very dark elf. After, After they kiss, she pushes him away. I hear her say, I'm no sin cheating be bobin, which is I know you're cheating on me in Elvish. <laughs> wow. She rushes away and I and I just keep looking at this beautiful Orlando Bloom. Orlando looks sad and takes off running towards the field. So I chase after him as quickly as my weird body will let me. <laughs> he stops in my special tree and I peer from behind it. He catches my eye and hops down. We look at each other up and down, and he catches my chin with his hand and says, Wow. What happened, Nassin? Which is <laughs> what happened to you? 
Wow. Or, I can't remember the translation. I didn't write the English one. Um, I looked up as I tell him through a flashback what happened to me. <laughs> In a flashback, we see a beautiful black woman standing next to an equally beautiful woman. Chris Harrison says to the handsome man standing next to him, who do you give your rose to? The handsome man says, Jen, which is not the beautiful black woman. The black woman withers a bit and yells out some indistinguishable stuff and runs out and runs out of the studio. And Chris Harrison is just like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then the camera crew (laughs) follows her like she's on Maury as she runs through the halls and out the door. One camera guy mutters, she'll be back, but she doesn't return. She runs all the way to the field, all the way to a field where she falls in a hole and comes out on the other side. And oh boy, she's in Middle Earth. Then there's a montage of her muttering, my precious ring, my precious ring. How come you didn't give me a ring? Orlando Bloom is stunned. He says to Lady Gollum, what's The Bachelor? Lady Gollum says, <laughs> it's too hard to explain. <laughs> Suddenly, Darkwin, uh, Orlando Bloom's elf wife, appears and says, you're cheating on me with her? Ew! Orlando Bloom says, no, I would never. This nasty marriage hungry creature uh, has taught me that I'm a one elf boy and I love you so much. They start making out. Uh, Then Man Gollum appears out of nowhere and scares Lady Gollum and says, hand? She takes his hand and then they refresh, reverse Shrek into beautiful people. And then they all have a foursome. And then we we sweep up into the sky where Gandhi's jerking off. The end. Uh, The the bachelor part was for you, Lauren. I got that. Okay. I I was waiting for myself to appear, but then I realized it was the bachelor and I was happy with that. (laughs) That was an amazing twist. I love that. That was really exciting. It really was. Real wild, oh wow. real wild stuff. I like how many worlds collided in that. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that it was in the first person. Oh, thank you. Well, I was going to be Gollum. And then I was like, who wants to be Gollum? <laughs> so I made her Lady Gollum. Lady Gollum is a very upsetting concept. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> if Lady Gaga was Lady like Gollum. the boob situation, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Ew, yes. <laughs> it would be bad. It would be. It would be something. <laughs> that would be sick. Um, that was, was beautiful though, and I really loved it. Yeah, Thank you. it was affirming. It was yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna jump into a royal wedding night by Flame Wolf. Oh, now the summary is a look at what Arwen and Aragorn wedding night might have been like okay um following her new husband down the stone corridor she tried to focus on anything but how different this place was from rivendell tonight would be her first night as her beloved woman and she intended to show him just how much she loved him besides she had pined for him the entire time he had been on his quest despite her father's best efforts her affections for him had only grown filling her heart to bursting the moment she saw she was He was safe and whole after all the hardships he had weathered. It had been all she could do to wait for this night to show him just how much she had missed his presence. The creak of metal hinges brought her out of her reverie, ethereal blue eyes looking into those of her husband. Just thinking of him as such thrilled her to her very bones, making her shudder as the urge to kiss him took over her body. (laughs) Full lips parting, the pallid beauty of Rivendell leaned toward the one man that had conquered her heart as he bent toward her, the arm holding the candle stretched out away from her. With the arrogant, (laughs) arrogant smirk she so loved, he was sweeping her into one arm before entering the room they would be sharing for the rest of his short life. Because he's a human a and she's an elf. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. Kicking the door shut, the one known as Strider set his candle on a stone table. I think candle or candy. What is that? 
<laughs> moving to the fur-covered bed, oh. laying his bride down carefully, the true king of Arnor and Gondor stood back to allow himself to admire her. Moonlit skin seemed to glow with its own light while she slowly sat up, her dark hair standing out in sharp contrast against her luminescent skin. Heavy lids hooded, darkened, blue eyes, <laughs> full lips parting as she took a pose of a nymph luring a man to his death. Breathless at the sight of her, Aragorn, son of Arathorn, removed the ceremonial armor he had been given for his wedding. The light from the fire in the fireplace danced off his tensed arms while he shed his undershirt, revealing the scarred body underneath. There were many marks of battle over his defined muscles, telling of the numerous fights he had gotten into on his long journey back to the throne. Being a rogue that had earned quite a reputation, there was still there was likely no number of men that had tried to make their name through his death. Still, he wore them like badges that they were, almost seeming proud of them. Sliding off the bed with otherworldly grace, Arwen floating over to her husband, delicate hands spreading over his hair-dusted pecs in all of her. <laughs> Careful oh. blunt nails skittered over his skin while she met his gaze carefully. Those this like spiders. This close, this close, a spicy, musky scent filled her nose, plucking at ancient instincts her kind had long since buried. Yet tonight she knew they would come in handy. Reaching up with her right hand, she rested her palm against his cheek while standing up on her tiptoes to brush his lips with hers. When are they going to kiss? They're just brushing lips. The prickle of his facial hair drew a sigh from her as she instinctually leaned her body into him. His naked arms wrapped around his woman, his partner, the smell of exotic flowers overwhelming his senses. After years of restraining himself, of being able to see but not really touch, feeling her clothed breasts pressing against him was almost enough to drive him over the edge. As it was, he had to fight for fight to remain gentle, his head tilting while the embrace deepened. For endless moments, they shared air as their tongues danced, both parties reluctant to put any distance between their bodies. My husband just walked out on me. Did you hear the door slam? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, enough of this. Like, it's over. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have hair, Dustin. <laughs> I just keep reading, and I he's taking his suitcase, and he's like driving away. <laughs> Do you want our tongues to dance? <laughs> Aragorn is the one to pull away, placing a kiss on his beloved's forehead before spinning her to face the bed. Ooh. Placing a hand on her lower back, he gently led her towards the bed, careful to pay attention to any signs of discomfort. The oh. moment he thought she did not want to continue, he would stop immediately. That's for sure. Yeah, something it turned out he didn't even have to worry about. Arwen went. <laughs> Willingly sitting on the bed with an expression that only added fuel to the flames growing inside him. She was a goddess, pale, perfect, and making him go to his knees. Wordlessly, his kisses, the tops of her feet in worship, Ooh. showing her how devoted to her he was. Watching her lover, this is long, watching her lover, her king, the daughter of Elrond, reached for him. Okay, they kissed. <laughs> then it was far too hot, too many clothes to take them off. And he lowered the top of the dress she'd worn for their wedding. Oh. The reverent expression on his features came close to making her giggle. <laughs> Finally getting the point, he carefully grabbed the hem of her dress to help her move it. Looking upon her naked flesh almost felt tantamount to sin, and he had to struggle not to avert his eyes out of respect. And then they, he laid over her once more. She wrapped her legs around his waist, daringly to hold him close. Mouthing an unneeded apology, he moved forward, taking her virginity shit. Oh, Biting her oh lip boy. against a cry of pain, she leaned into the heat oh, of his no. body for comfort while he stilled. After a few moments, the pain dulled, prompting her to kiss under his ear to signal him to move. He began a slow rhythm, groaning softly <laughs> in her ear. 
Sighing in response, she arched into her lover, her hands tensing on his upper back. Arwen growled in her ear as his movements grew quicker, more desperate. Feeling something tightening inside her, she breathed out his name as she nuzzled into his neck. Slowly, the feeling built into an inferno, pulsing and curling inside her to form something she had never felt before. Gasping, she held on for dear life, lights flashing before her closed eyes. It felt like she was on the brink of something powerful, only her grip on her husband anchoring her to reality. Then she was tipping over into a strange, pleasurable oblivion. Soon after, he was emptying into her. A hot substance filling her womb. Some That's not how you think of it. Some part of her hoping she would become pregnant, she reached for her man and began to kiss him while his thrust slowed and eventually stopped. Panting, the new king pulled them both onto the bed, wrapping his arms around her while warm lips peppered her face. I love you, my queen, hussed out of him as his breathing began to even out. As I love you, my king, she murmured, resting her cheek against his chest while she drifted off as well. He was emptying into her a hot substance filling her womb is one of the most upsetting things I think I've ever seen in print. I don't like I, that. If I wasn't gay, that would have turned gay. <laughs> it's repulsive. It's completely And repulsive. then the other one was his erection pressed against her eager womanhood. <laughs> oh, I skipped that part, I think. Yeah, I noticed I didn't <laughs> I didn't catch it. I didn't see it. I would have read that. Um, I had to skip Damn. a little bit or we would have been here all night long reading uh-huh. this one person's story, but... Okay, Molly, do you want to share a little bit of anything, even just a snippet to just a little snip. whatever makes you comfortable? Yeah, well, okay, what would you guys, would you guys rather hear like a little passage from my fan fiction where they're dating, or would you rather hear like a romantic scene from the book? I could read you either Ooh. one. Ooh. Um, I'm kind of curious about both. Okay. What do you yeah. vote for, Nicole? Let's see, dating, romance. Give me, give me dating. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's like after they've already gotten together, so they go to Rivendell, Riverdale, and Frodo <laughs> is like injured and recovering. In my fan fiction, that's where they get together and start falling in love, um, and then they go on the quest together. Um, so that is starting here. Okay. Then they were on the road. It was a strange kind of relief to just be doing the blasted thing. Sam expected to be much more afraid out there in the wilds, but it turned out that exhaustion was a good antidote to fear. The tall folks at a fast pace, and often he and Frodo, Merry and Pippin and the pony, ended up trailing behind, until one of them noticed and came back to keep an eye on them. Protected by four great warriors and a wizard, that wasn't a bad way to see the world, Sam decided. And there was another reason to be in good spirits, which was that Frodo had said that they were something sweet for the road, and now they planned to be on the road indefinitely. They hardly had time to talk to each other alone before they left, so Sam planned to follow Frodo's lead when it came to affection. He was surprised, and happily so, when on their first night seated around a campfire, Frodo came and settled against his legs. Sam cracked his bread in half and passed them to Frodo, who shot him a wink. Pippin scoffed as he helped himself to the cookpot. Unbelievable, Frodo Baggins. Frodo sat up sharply. What? Pippin pointed a sausage at him, shaking his head sternly. We are on a mission of utmost importance. Isn't that right, Gandalf? The wizard nodded sagely behind a cloud of pipe smoke. Venturing into the direst of dangers in the darkest of times, and you two sit here flirting. Mary snorted, and Gandalf choked on his smoke, and Frodo let out an undignified squawk. Sam couldn't help laughing a little. Subtle, Frodo said to Pippin, shaking his head. From this angle, Sam couldn't see his face, but could see that his ears were bright red. Thanks for that, Pippin. I thought that hobbit was the cook, said the dwarf, gimly. I thought he was Frodo's bodyguard, said Legolas. Boromir looked confused. I thought they were all children. Now it was Sam's turn to blush. I'm almost 40, he sputtered. Boromir held up his hands, looking surprised, and Gandalf hid a laugh in his cup. Anyway, what does the road tomorrow look like? Frodo asked loudly, and Strider mercifully launched into a description. 
Frodo shot Sam a rueful look, but he also reached up and threaded his fingers through Sam's. And later that night, they pulled their bedrolls together, and Sam <gasps> fell asleep with one hand resting light on Frodo's side and nose buried in Frodo's curls. And Aww. that was that. That's so good. That's so sweet and good. Thanks. I'm watching so hard at reading it. It was legitimately good. I I really liked it. I liked it. I'm a a good. I'm a good writer. Like I'm gonna like bring all of this This skill to like making my. I really. It was very beautiful imagery. Oh, I liked how you could only see his red ears blushing and couldn't see his face. It was very sweet. Little red ears blushing. I loved it. Thank you for Thank sharing. Thank you. I mean, I just think it would be really cute if they were dating. I wish they were. The time. I agree. Just kissing, you know, <laughs> I think it would make them happier. I think it would be nice for them. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank I you. want them to date. I want Nicole to fuck Gandalf. And I yes. want yes. me to have a Bachelor version of Lord of the Rings. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of being of a bachelorette Lord of the Rings where I'm the bachelorette and all the men of Lord of the Rings are there. And I, I don't, I'm not going to date them, but I'm just going to like hang out with them <laughs> you just and, have and make fair. them fight each other. Yeah. Good cocktail hours. And yeah. <laughs> it would be so fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we've come to the end. Molly, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I, uh, you can follow, if you want to see me just talking nonsense about Lord of the Rings, I have an alternate Twitter account that's just, um, Hobbit Gay on Twitter. So that's like, um, I draw a lot of fan art for it. So if you like need content, that is where it is. Um, and I have three graphic novels that are, uh, middle grade books there for kids called the Witch Boy series up from Scholastic. Oh, Um, amazing. Yeah, that's what I got. Nicole, anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, I have a Patreon where I talk about 90 Day Fiance. It's called 90 Day Bay. Me and my friend Marcy Jarrow. We break it down. We talk about these wild people that I love. It's truly a treat. You should subscribe. And then my Instagram and my Twitter at Nicole Byer. There's like a little link tree and it tell you all the podcasts that I do. Lauren. I also have podcasts. I have a my podcast Freedom with Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins is back now. I'm it's free wherever you listen. Um, so get into that. And I have my Patreon at patreon.com slash Lauren Lapkus, where I'm doing watch alongs and improv and conversations and fun stuff like that. And um, what else was I going to say? I think that might be it. Oh, I have a live show coming up with Wild Horses with our guest Kate Menig from The L Word. And I'm very excited. It's December 5th and it's going to be online and it's five bucks. So Watch that. You can get tickets at Dynasty Typewriter. I'm going to watch it. I'm really excited. Dot com. Thank you. Oh, my God. I love her. (laughs) I like her. I like her so much. Yes. And she's very cool. And I'm very excited. And I can't wait. So come to that (laughs) show. Um, And shall we read our little five? Yes. Battle of the five stars. Um, This is (laughs) Darkwin Rocks by Sandy Com on Apple Podcasts. Hello, Nicole and Lauren. I was happy to tee hee hee with you through Star (laughs) Wars which I didn't know much about, uh, but now I appreciate so much. I couldn't wait to see you guys trapeze through Middle Earth. I know Nicole meant for Darkwing to be a joke, but I found her story to be very poignant. There are actually black and brown people in Middle Earth, but you don't see them in the films. Oh, interesting. I think it'd be really interesting if you interviewed a scholar to learn more about Tolkien's view on race. I would say that he's a racist in the most literal sense of the term, i.e. that different races have inherent characteristics, but he wasn't necessarily a white supremacist. Tolkien was born in South Africa and his mother took care to include the black servants in their family portraits, which is not at all common at the time. 
It's hard to say how his mother's views on race would have impacted Tolkien since she died when he was so young. But there's a scene in the books where Sam realizes that black and brown people aren't evil. Wow. They just happen to live closest <laughs> to Sauron. <laughs> anyway, can't wait to hear the rest of the series. I like that there's a scene where they realize they're not evil. So he's not racist. That's <laughs> so funny. That is well, really interesting and also not covered in the film the biopic no they don't touch on anything they don't touch on we learned nothing from the biopic it was truly a waste of everyone's time and I don't really say that about many things, but like it was, it was, I was angry that it was made. Well, because we are, you know, I, I'm more curious about how he wrote these books than I am yes. about like his time at like school or something. Yeah, with I don't his give pals. a shit about like, his friends It wasn't, school. it wasn't a, a, a exciting story about, you know, his creativity, which I think could have been interesting or inspirations besides that one like war scene or whatever mm-hmm. they kept returning to. But well, that's very interesting. Um, thank you, Sandy Calm. And that may not be the last you've heard of Darkwind, that there may be a certain popular role-playing board game we'll be getting into a couple weeks where we'll have the choice to create our own characters and go questing with them. That's news to both of us. And I, it truly I think we're is. both and here. Like, what game is this? <laughs> I think, what, Dungeons and Dragons? Is that, would you play that with Lord of the Rings or is that a whole separate thing. I don't think you would play it with Lord of the Rings. Okay, so maybe there's... like a Lord of the Rings board game. Mm. Okay. You guys are going so deep. I love... That's what we can't (laughs) believe. You are consuming so much Uh content that I have never ventured Uh towards. (laughs) Oh my good God. Okay, well, stay tuned for that. Oh no, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, it is. Our producer just confirmed we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm... I, for one, am scared, but excited. And I think it'll be interesting. Um, and And we'll get to make our own characters, and that is fun. Well, okay, next week we're getting our feet wet into the world of Lord of the Rings video games. Okay, what? We're getting our feet wet? Does that mean we're going to get our feet even more wet later and do more about video? I mean, how many things are there? Our, <laughs> our guest is the man who voiced the main character in the video game, okay? Ooh. So we will see you then. And thank you so much, Molly, for being with yes, us today you. and You're for wonderful. sharing your writing. And thank everyone you. go buy her books. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 That was a hit gum original.